minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Naveen Jain, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. But first of all, I'm honored to be talking to you because this is something that I believe everyone should know that they can hack their own body because they have a power to change how they live. Yeah, we were just talking offline and I love that message that that you're seeing and spreading and what's been taking place in the world, you know, and uh, some of our listeners know back in, in 2011, I got really sick and saw a ton of different doctors way before telemedicine. So I was going all over the country trying to figure out what was going on and essentially outsourcing my own health. You know, I wasn't vested in figuring out what was going on. I was kind of turning it over to other people. And uh, let's talk about some of the positives that you're seeing take place in the world right now and how you think it's going to be shaping medicine for the better in the future. Like, you know, as I said, this, every single cloud has silver lining and the COVID, I mean, God, you know, no one should ever take what's happening in a lighthearted way. I mean, there are 10 million people who have been infected. There are quarter million people who have lost their lives. And it's not just we lost great souls to COVID. Their family, I mean, that are left behind are the ones that, if you ask me, are really the ones who are suffering. Because, you know, to some extent, one could argue that our suffering goes away when we die, right? But to me, point is, a lot of suffering in this world because of COVID. Having said that, there's a silver lining to this cloud, which is, you know, it has accelerated the healthcare significantly. So as you were talking about, you know, today the telehealth wouldn't be around for another 10 years. And the telehealth became something that even the, you know, most conservatives of the hospital like Kaiser are now offering telehealth. Would have never happened in all, at least for a decade, if not more, right? The second part that has really changed is that it used to be that we never felt that healthcare was something we do. It was, I do what I do in my day-to-day. -day. I get sick, I go to a doctor, I go to the hospital, and someone takes care of me, right? And suddenly, with COVID, we are starting to say, wait a sec, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to go see a doctor. I don't want to be in the hospital, period. So what can I do to not be sick? Can I take my vitamin D, my vitamin C? What can I do to boost my immune system? What can I do to hack my own body to make sure my immune health, I've got to build immunity. What can I do there? And that is really important now that people are saying, hey, I don't want to be sick. So the mindset of, hey, I can do something not to be sick and build my immunity is another big, I would say, silver lining in that cloud. And the third part really to me is people are finding that their actions they take in life have consequences of them being sick, right? So in a sense, like, hey, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going to go out and party. I'm going to be in the bars and, you know, I'm going to go do gym. Guess what? You get sick. And suddenly people are realizing that, hey, it is not just the you know bad luck that brings us the diseases. It also the bad choices that we make brings us the diseases, right? And to me, that is the biggest lesson: is that life is the you know is really in some some extent is some of the bad choices or the choices that we make, good or bad. Every choice we make actually has consequences.
Right, right. Positive or negative. And so you have created this test and and probably looked at the composition of more people's gut microbiomes, certainly your company has, than than anyone else in human history. Um, What is it that gets you excited to jump out of bed in the morning and what made you want to focus in on the microbiome? Yeah. So actually, it's really interesting. So I'm going to now step back and actually give you the whole idea. So I, you know, every time I start a company, I actually go through this framework, uh, which I think everyone uh, should just understand because the same framework can apply to everything you do in your life. And I apply that to starting a company, which is why this, why now, and why me? And why this is a simple question that says, God forbid, I am actually successful in achieving what I'm trying to do. Would it really help a billion people live a better life? I mean, is it really a problem that I'm willing to dedicate 10 years of my life? Is it really going to move the needle when it comes to actually benefiting the humanity? And it's not just because I am philanthropic. It is because we know the best way to create a large, successful enterprise is to help a billion people. If you can help a billion people, you can create a $100 billion company. But you can't, don't go out to say, I'm going to create a $100 billion company and screw a billion people. That's not how life works. Right? Right. And the second part is why now? And why now is what has changed in the last couple of years that makes what I'm doing possible today that wasn't possible a decade ago? That means what technologies are coming together now or will be coming together in the next couple of years that allows me to solve this problem now than it was possible before? So in my case, um, we said, you know, what is the biggest problem facing humanity? And despite the pandemic of these infectious disease, remember this is once in a hundred years. The last pandemic we saw was hundred years ago in uh, you know Spanish flu. So mm-hmm. this is not something we really see in most people's lifetime if they are lucky or they they unlucky if they get to see one in their lifetime, right? But my point I'm trying to make is the biggest problem facing humanity really is the. Uh, epidemic of chronic diseases. And people think of these chronic diseases. What is that? What are those? Well, the chronic diseases is something that every one of us either in our lifetime is going to suffer or we know someone who is already suffering. Obesity, diabetes, heart diseases, all the cancers, depression, anxiety. You look at Alzheimer's, you're looking at dementia, you're looking at Parkinson's disease, autoimmune diseases. I mean, literally every one of us, or one could argue that aging itself is a chronic disease. It is a chronically how you get a disease when you age, that age-related diseases. And can you actually prevent and reverse these chronic diseases? So to me, that was a fundamentally what I set out to do was, God forbid, if I'm successful in preventing and uh, reversing chronic diseases, would it help a billion people? The answer was 7.4 billion people, check mark, right? Uh, that's a big problem to solve. And, you know, having now just to talk, you know, more every story, everything it becomes personal because you don't dedicate your life to something unless you have gone through it. You suffered through the disease. I saw my dad uh, uh, lose his life because of pancreatic cancer. And it was to me was heartbreaking to me this was something was completely preventable and i think we could have saved him 
but the current medical industrial complex would not allow anything that actually they did not read in the medical books to actually try. And there was nothing I could do to actually prevent it. And so to me, having seen that movie and I said, you know what, I just had enough of it. I'm going to go out and understand what is it that causes people to have these chronic diseases. And one of the interesting things, Anthony, that I want to talk about is that most people, when they enter something and they want to solve a problem, they get somehow discouraged by thinking that, who am I? I don't know anything about this. What am I going to do here? And to me, the I find the biggest strength and the biggest, I would say, the asset that we have is that naivety, that we don't know anything about it. That means once you become an expert, the best you can do is to make something 10% better, 15% better. But once you are a naive non-expert, you can challenge the foundation of what experts have taken it for granted and make it 10x better, make it 100x better. And those, these are, this is how the disruption actually happens, right? So coming to think of it, so we say, okay, if this is a problem, let me go understand what is going on. So first thing I do is go out and look at all the research, the latest cutting edge research. So if you want to know what is going to be the trend in 10 years, you don't need a crystal ball. You look at what's happening in the labs today and you know 10 years from now, you'll be talking about that, right? I mean, that's literally how the world works. Right? So I read thousands of papers trying to understand what was the reason for people to have these chronic diseases. And everyone was talking about this, something to do with this, you know, Depression is connected to gut microbiome. So if you were to just Google and say Parkinson's disease and microbiome, you'll say, oh, micro, the, the Parkinson's starts in the gut 10 to 15 years before you see the first symptom. And you can literally go through any of these diseases, right? Uh, you know, uh, colorectal cancer and microbiome, pancreatic cancer and microbiome, the breast cancer and microbiome. And you can start to now see that every cancer is now being tied directly to the microorganisms that are inside the tumor. Every single disease from depression to anxiety to uh, autoimmune diseases are now actually are being considered. These are the uh, microbial diseases that are coming from our oral microbiome or the gut microbiome. But anyway, making the point shorter is that we realize that if gut is really the key to the health, why, why can't we actually analyze it? Why can't we analyze what's happening in the human body at a molecular level and we can solve this problem? So my whole thing was, can we digitize, decode, and decipher the human biology at a biochemical level of what is going on in the body? And you as a biohacker obviously figured this out, right? If we can find out our human body may be complex, but at the end of the day, it is simply a bunch of biochemistry that's happening. I mean, it's not like some magic, you know? And people tend to, you know, the problem in the world has been is that we have these guys who say, I'm a lung doctor, I'm a kidney doctor, I'm a heart doctor, without thinking the body doesn't quite say, oh, you lung, you're do your own thing and I'm going to do my own thing. They all have to work together. If any of the system fails, everything around gets impacted. And that's the thing. The body is a whole. And now even the bigger part of it is we as humans are not just simply the humans. We are literally an ecosystem in ourselves. As an ecosystem, there are 40 trillion microbes in our gut, a trillion plus microbes in our mouth and on our skin and everywhere else, right? So the point is, for every one of us, 
there are probably 40 or 50 trillion out there of them, right? And with them, so if you say, you know what? I am so proud of being human. What you don't realize is you should say, I'm really proud of the container the microbes have created for me. Uh, so anyway, my point is, so we looked at the stuff and saying, what could possibly do? And that brings me to that, you know, the point I was talking about that to solve this problem, we had to say, why now? And why now was to digitize the human body, you have to sequence it. And the cost of sequencing, when I started the company four years ago, was over $1,000. And I was absolutely convinced it was on the exponential curve down. And in the couple of years, it should come down to $100 or less, and we can solve this problem. Well, here we see it and we thought I was being 10 times optimistic or bringing the cost down from $1,000 to $100. But turns out the cost came down to $10, right? So I was 10 times pessimistic when I thought I was 10 times optimistic, right? And that's literally what happens. We said, look, even if we sequence the body, how are we going to process this massive amount of data? We don't have access to supercomputer. Guess what? The Amazon seems to be firing up these processes. You can keep firing. You can now use AWS as actually a massive supercomputer. And the cost of processing was plunging. And so when I, even four years ago, when we started the company, we were paying $38 just to process each person's sample. We sit here today, it costs us $2, right? So literally the cost of these things, as we expected, were coming down. We were absolutely right. And the third part was, even if you process all the data, how are you going to make any sense of it? You need a very powerful AI. And we saw these neural networks were coming along and we thought we, we could really hit the right AI and we can solve this problem. So we said time is now and we, it's now is the time to solve this problem. And we said, let's go start this. The last part is really interesting. Why me? And why me is I think everyone who is listening to as a biohacker probably knows the answer, which is what question that I'm asking, which is different from what everyone else has been asking. Because the question you ask is the problem you solve. If everyone asks the same question, they're solving the same problem. And really the trick is when you ask slightly different questions, right? And I'll give you two examples of that. One is from my previous company, Moon Express, when we said, look, hey, why can't we just live on the moon, Mars and Venus and, and somewhere else in the galaxy? And people say, oh, great. Let's assume you can go to Venus. Let's assume you can go to Mars. How are you going to grow the food on the Mars? Right? I mean, I haven't said, and my point was, that is the wrong question to ask. Because when you ask a question, how to grow the food on the Mars, what is the solution? The only solution is to find a way to grow the food, right? But what if you ask slightly different questions is, why do we eat food? If you just ask why we eat food, you say, first of all, you'll, somebody will say, are you that dumb? We need food because we need energy and we need nutrition. And I said, oh, energy. Why can't we get energy from radiation like bacteria do? Can we get energy from doing photosynthesis like plants do? So my point is there are many ways of solving this problem. The nutrition part, hydrogen, oxygen, there is water there. Then could we not solve that problem, right? My point was just by simply asking a different question, it allows you the possibility of solutions that would have never been possible if you were asking the same question, how to grow the food. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And now coming to the biome, uh, at biome we say, look, if everything is in the gut microbiome and what's happening in our body, 
then why is this problem not getting solved? There's so many people who do the gut test. Why is this problem not getting solved? And I said, look, they're all asking the same wrong question. They keep trying to find out what organisms are in my gut. And I said, that can't possibly be the right question. The right question needs to be, what are these organisms producing? What are they actually doing? That makes a difference, not who they are, because our immune system doesn't have eyes and ears. It doesn't see, oh, there's a bifidobacteria there. Oh, I see acromancia. Hello. It simply says, hey, are you releasing the chemical that I need that for me to do my job? If the chemical is not there, they don't really care who is there, right? And to me, that was really interesting. When I started this, I had no idea what these organisms would do. I kept thinking, what if the organisms are like human beings? There could be thousands of different people doing exactly the same thing, or the same person could be doing multiple different things based on the environment the person finds in. So it's not about the good bacteria or bad bacteria or good people or bad people. It is about good people doing bad things. So what matters is, are you doing good things or are you doing bad things? It doesn't matter whether you're a good person or a bad person. If you're doing bad things, you're a bad person. You're doing good things, you're a good person, right? And that's literally what matters. So you could have a good person doing bad things. Would you call that a good person? No, I would call that a bad person, right? right. So point was the activity that you do is what matters. And we say, what if we can measure the expression of what, what bacteria is doing, what they are expressing. From there, we know what they are producing, and that will be the key to solving this problem. And that literally was the whole crux of, you ask me, the whole biohacking field and all of the you know, current healthcare system, it is to some extent being pushed by people who have different agenda. People talk about my genes are my destiny. I do my DNA test. And somehow that is going to be my software of my human body that is so personalized to me, it is me. Well, guess what? Your DNA never changes when you gain 200 pounds. Your DNA doesn't change when you become depressed. Your DNA doesn't change when you become diabetic. Your DNA doesn't change if you develop any of the diseases. So what is it changing? Because you can't blame something that doesn't change. It's in my genes. No, it's not in your genes. What genes are expressed is what makes you who you are, right? So to me, the genes are like your thoughts. You can have good thoughts. You can have bad thoughts. You can have all the bad thoughts in the world, Anthony. As long as you don't express them, there is no crime. You can think all the things you want, right? The bad things happen when you start expressing them. And same thing about the genes. If you have bad genes, it's okay. Just don't express them express the good stuff, right? So we said, what if we can measure the gene expression in the human cells, gene expression in the, bio, in the microbial side? So today we have a test called health intelligence test where we are able to look at every single microbial gene expression in your gut. And then we take a couple of drops of blood and then we measure every single gene that's expressed in the human body. Your mitochondrial genes, your human genes, that means all the cytokines, every stress response, every single oxidative stress, all your histamine pathways, everything we can see now. And then we can look at the whole body and say, you know what? I don't think you should be eating broccoli. I think broccoli is really harming you. Even though most people think broccoli is a good food. Spinach may be good for some, but not others. So I think as we were talking before, there is no such thing that you say, people are going to take real objection to it, saying there is no such thing as universal healthy food. And that is literally true. Most people think of these food like spinach and kale and broccoli and Brussels sprout are healthy food. Guess what? 
if you see my results, these are exactly what is on my avoid list. And it tells me why. So when you do a why on test, it actually says, here is what's happening in your body. Here are the foods you should avoid and why. So it says, don't eat broccoli because broccoli contains very high amount of sulfate, which your gut microbes are converting them into sulfide and you are producing way too much sulfide and causing a lot of inflammation in your body. Don't eat, you can eat bread, but don't eat banana because banana increases your glucose response, but bread doesn't. So you can eat bread, but not banana. Don't eat tomato because you currently have a tomato virus in your body. So you stop eating tomatoes for a while, right? And again, this is not for lifetime. It is what's happening now. And six months from now, when your body changes, you can go back and readjust your diet again, and we tell you what to do. This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut dis dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash B I O H A C K S to check out the exclusive biohacking secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. Other things we saw was look, now that we can see what foods, there are a lot of, uh, other nutrients that your body needs that you're currently lacking. And we say, what if we could make for every person on demand every single nutrient that their body needs, all the probiotics, all the prebiotics, every food extract, enzymes, amino acids, what digestive enzymes, everything. And we could literally make them in a precise dosage for each individual made to order after do the test. And people say, how can you do that? Can you make every capsule for that person as if it is actually just for you. That means we don't have any capsule. We don't pick one capsule from pink drawer, one from red drawer. We literally say, Anthony, you need 22 milligram of elderberry. We, you need 30, 33 grams of lycopene. You need 11 milligrams of curcumin. You need seven milligram of lipase. And you're going to, we're going to put all these ingredients together and make those capsules. And I'm going to send them to you. It was a crazy idea, but we realized that robotics are becoming so smart. You could literally have 500 of these ingredients sitting there, and we can say, take the bin number 17, drop in 11 milligrams from there. Take bin number 33 and drop that. And that literally is what we do. We take and saying, based on what's happening in your gut and your body, you need this. And we literally take all these ingredients put them all together, package them in a capsule and send them off to you. I mean, it's just mind boggling what technology allows you to do. And so anyways, that's basically, so what we do is we analyze your body and then we nourish your body and then we retest you to say, hey guys, 
look, what is working for you and what is not working for you. So here's what were scores were before. Here's what we gave you. And here's what now changed. Now let's readjust and trying to figure out why certain things didn't work for you. And now you become N of one. So what's interesting is we learned from 200,000 people. And we say, you know what? When people have the following thing that you have, this is what generally works for them. So we analyze your body and we say, this is what you need. And then we come back and say, wow, that's really interesting. Curcumin works for everyone, but for you, it's not working. Hmm, we're going to give you elderberry this time. And then suddenly we realize next time, oh my God, that works really well. Wow, that's very interesting. What is so unique about you? Why curcumin doesn't work, elderberry does. And now there are four or five Anthony's coming along and we say, oh, now we understand when you have low production of this and high production of this, curcumin never works, but elderberry. Now that rule goes to everyone. So next time when we see that, we know that not to give them a curcumin anymore. And that's that literally sense. what... And that's why the flywheel gets created. That means everyone coming into the system makes everyone else better. Right, right. It's fascinating. You know, I'm curious when when you're doing a little bit of this testing and then and then tracking and monitoring progress. Yeah. What is what is your baseline of success? Meaning, like, what? How do you determine if something is working? Because I, on one hand, I could see it being, um, you know, you went into study some indigenous tribes who were, yeah. you know, outside of a lot of the influence of modern society and see what their yeah. gut microbiome looked like, and as long as they yeah. were in, you know, typical health. But that's not probably not realistic. No. And on the other hand, it could be subjective symptom-based responses from the individuals. You know, I'm curious mm -hmm. what your process is and what you determine yeah. Yeah. Uh, optimal health for each individual. So there are two, there are basically the three parts of the puzzle. One is at a molecular level, are the things that are supposed to work in your body in a healthy state, are you in that state or not? For example, do you have very high inflammatory activity? That means are your cytokines really, really high? So we're looking at all of the thing, you know, TNF alpha, you're looking at your, all of those markers and saying, wait a sec, your inflammation is way too high here, right? Or we're looking at very high oxidative stress, or we're looking at and saying, wow, your mitochondrial biogenesis is just not kicking in. It really needs help to kick off the mitochondrial biogenesis here. So we are looking at all of those, what we call the underlying biomarkers. You may not feel anything yet. You may not even have any symptom, but those are the biomarkers. You can see that look literally like seeing, hey, is your um, LDL, you know, is high. God, I mean, you may not have a heart disease, but that's not a good thing, right? Right. So we're looking at those, basically the health markers, and we look at 200,000 of those uh, uh, pathways to see what molecules are. Are you producing too much LPS? You're producing too much sulfide. You're producing not enough butyrate. Are you having a lot of ammonia production, putrescine production, and on and on, right? The second part is the clinical scores, right? So you may not feel different, but we know that, for example, your PHQ-9 score that measures depression is really coming down. Your GAD-7 score that measures anxiety is coming down. Your IBS score of SSS is actually coming down. So these are clinical score how they measure the severity of these diseases. So we can say, look, all these different scores that are gold standard for these diseases, 
that we can show, we can see your, you know, your HbA1c has come down. This, you know, all these things that we know are actually were there. It is getting better and better, right? And the third part is how are you feeling as a person to say, hey, I have more energy now. I lost weight now. And those are all what I call phenotype. So the phenotypes are improving. Your, the markers are improving and the molecularly underlying means that they're all improving. And that's literally how we measure everything. And what we saw was 97% of our customers within six months report that at least two of their symptoms in the broad categories of energy, digestion, like they don't have bloating and you know things that are possible. A lot of people suffer from stomach ache, bloating, gas, gas production or they sleep better, or they lost weight, right? Or they have more energy, they don't have brain fog. All the things that people had, those were the high, what I would say phenotypes that improve uh, for, as I said, 97% of the people within six months report that. That's just unbelievable. We did a study on a placebo-controlled studies of looking at the people that actually took our recommendations versus not, that we saw that people with the depression scores, we improved them by 37%, right? For the same thing with anxiety, same thing with you know IBS. So we really are now able to detect things like oral cancer just by looking at saliva. We are just applying for FDA. We can detect stage one oral cancer with 94% accuracy. Just by the bacterial composition of someone's mouth? Yes, and not the composition, the activity of those bacteria. We don't look at the composition, we look at the activity. Activity, okay, right. Yeah, so what they're producing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So with with all of this data, and I mean, guys, if if you're if you haven't taken the Viome test, uh, I've, I've looked at dozens of them from clients, and I've seen how they've evolved over the years and just gotten more robust and, and, and more intelligence packed into these tests. You can go to Viome.com, V-I-O-M-E.com, and uh, get their health intelligence test that's going to be looking at the activity of your microbiome and how that's expressing itself in your genes. Am I, am I describing that accurately? And um, and. Naveen, what is what is that the investment for something like that uh, these days? Well, so investment, you mean the cost for the person or how much we have spent in the building it? More more for the person, what, what they would invest to be able to get this type of data. So it's actually, as I said, it's, um, our health intelligence test is uh, about $200, right? Very and reasonable. Yeah. And by the way, it was, uh, just so you know, uh, just about a year ago, uh, we would have been $1,000 plus. When we launched the thing, even about four months ago, we were charging $400. So yeah. it's literally as our cost comes down, we pass everything right off to the consumer. This is not a business where we think we are going to make money from you. We are simply saying, how do we solve the problem? And Anthony, this is truly in my heart, I believe that if a couple of millions of us can come together, the humanity would solve this problem. We need every one of us who is listening to it to do the test for two reasons. One is it will make you better. But more importantly, what we learn from you is going to make everyone else who comes after you better. And one day we realize that when we have enough of this information, the humanity will have a choice not to be sick. We, we really believe we can live in a world where being sick is truly a matter of choice, not a bad luck, right? So we think illness can be optional. And yeah. I think if every one of us comes together, we will 
have a world where we don't have to watch our children suffer. We don't have to watch our grandchildren suffer. We don't have to watch our parents suffer, right? And to me, that's a world that's worth creating. Right. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, your story about <clears throat> what you experienced with your father and pancreatic cancer, I, I resonate with that a lot. I mean, my dad has Parkinson's and we came up to our, our lake house. And uh, for some reason, this trip, there's a ton of ticks up here. And both yeah. him and I got <sighs> bit within within a couple of days. And uh, that tick bite just rapidly started accelerating. Um, oh, my God. Like uh, basically mov- movement and neurological yeah, issues. Yeah. It was like yeah. someone hit fast forward on his Parkinson's. And so oh the idea of, of being able to get a look at what's being expressed in the body and what's present and then having having strategies for um for addressing per, perhaps bacterial overgrowths or you know inflammatory uh expression and then replace it with um with more beneficial bacteria i, I could see that being so beneficial and like as you well know the data is the key you know the more data you have the more you're able to see the patterns and the more you're able to solve anticipate uh, trends and, you know, and solve these challenges in, in advance. Um, what, what are you really excited about right now? Or, you know, what are some of the things that you have, uh, some, some things that you've witnessed or cause and effect relationships that the general population may not be aware of? So I thought the right off, uh, hot off the press is the three things we saw. One was on depression, the massive efficacy for people suffering from mental health issues, right? Depression and anxiety. Uh, really good data on things like IBS. The other thing that we're really super excited about is uh, several types of cancer. So we're just working on a very large study on colorectal cancer because we are finding that colorectal cancer, as we were talking about, is you know younger and younger people are getting colorectal cancer. It used to be an old people's disease. And now we are losing great people with when they're young. I mean, like it really is. So a lot of this stuff is uh, what we're seeing is in our um, study, what we see is that there are organisms that actually normally resides in our saliva, in our mouth. And those normally would never be end up in the gut. But what we're seeing is since so many people are taking anti-acid drugs, like Nexium, what happens is it kills all the acid in the stomach. So all the pathogens that are coming from the food or your saliva are no longer getting killed. And now they go into the gut and they become super active because they don't belong there. And that's causing diseases like IBD, that's causing diseases like colorectal cancer. And so we really believe what we're going to learn is that everything that we're doing to our body is that's the reason younger and younger people are getting the diseases that they never, ever saw before, right? So I think our lifestyle choices that we are making and these drug companies, I hate to even go there because you and I probably at least will agree on it, at least everyone who's listening to it, is that our medical industrial complex is so broken it is so badly incented where they, everyone in the system makes money when we are sick and no one makes money when we are healthy. I mean, what kind of humanity or humans we could possibly be that makes money from other people suffering, right? And, they don't, and we don't make any money when our fellow humans are actually healthy and actually happy. Right? That's just so perverse, right? If even if the good people like a good doctor, if he keeps all the patient completely healthy, they never get sick, then the doctor will get sick because there is no money for him anymore. What he's going to do, what he's going to eat, right? So everyone makes money and the chronic diseases, 
they all they do is they want to suppress the symptom so you become a lifetime subscriber they never want to understand what is causing it right you got an autoimmune disease let's not figure out what let's just suppress your immune system excuse me won't that cause me to have more infection oh yeah but don't you worry we got drugs for those things right every drug you take you need three more drugs to just to take care of the symptoms and then those three drugs you take you got nine more drugs to take care of those symptoms and by the time we get old we are popping more pills than blueberries right? mm-hmm. and it just totally screwed up the whole system is screwed up i really think the right model would be i remember in villages in india they had really interesting system which i never understood i thought it was some kind of tax that everybody in the village would pay money to the local doctor so everybody would pay every month money to the doctor and when they got sick they will stop paying right so think about it so that means doctor's job was to make sure if you want to keep getting money that nobody gets sick because as soon as the, somebody gets sick they stop getting they paying the money right mm. and that is exactly the system i think what we need in this country that every doctor gets paid to keep the person healthy and if any of their patient gets sick they stop getting money for that i i like that i mean a lot of the conflicts that you've described really started you know around 100 years ago when we started when we ushered in the industrial medical complex and and became so focused on on the monetization process and doing it kind of flipping the script like you said where if everyone yeah. was was paying as long as they were healthy but they stopped yeah. paying when they got sick yeah i, I was going to ask you what your what your uh, thoughts were on it that's that's great i do see that as a solution let's say someone sitting in front of you and you know they've been dealing with a little bit of digestive issues mm-hmm. um sure. you know maybe uh maybe some brain fog in the afternoon and they're on the fence as to whether or not they get the viome health intelligence test what would you say to them well first of all i would say that look uh talk to the people other people who have done the test we have had amazing success if for no other reason if you try just because you are part of this revolution you're going to contribute to making everyone's better so the absolute worst case is you contribute to the betterment of humanity and there's a very very good chance you actually will get better because we have had an amazing success i mean i wouldn't be actually doing it if i didn't really believe it is going to help humanity and you know god has been very kind to us right so there is any which way you look at it nothing that i at wyom any money i make is not going to change my lifestyle i spend 18 hour days 7 days a week really you know working on this problem because i feel this problem can be solved and i think we have a shot at solving it so just know that if i didn't believe that you could get better i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing this at all so in my heart i know that what we are doing is actually works so anyone who is the, you know having these symptoms that you talked about have bloating have you know fog have lack and energy feeling tired not getting enough sleep trying to lose weight and you know all the stuff that we see every day of our suffering i really believe just simply understanding and getting rid of the root cause of the inflammation these symptoms do get better right so the lot of the stuff that you feel that gas and belching and stuff comes from you know overgrowth of the you know sibo the small intestine bacterial overgrowth lot of this stuff comes in because you 
the food, the protein that you're eating is not getting digested properly, and that produces a lot of ammonia and lot cause of a lot of uh, you know inf uh, inflammation. <clears throat> the food that you're eating is actually producing a lot of sulfide that actually not only makes the damaged gas smelly, but also actually causes a lot of inflammation, right? So a lot of the things is about making sure you're getting the right supplements that go with that to have a digestive enzyme, get the right amino acids, get all the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals and the supplements that your body needs. And they all need to be personalized to you. You can't just take on a blind faith. You know, to me, what really troubles me is that we treat our body like a black box, right? Just pop in the pills and say, oh, I heard that NAD or, you know, is good for me to live longer. Really? How did, you know, oh, because somebody said it really works for them. Now, here's a very interesting case. When you take NAD or NAD precursor like MNN, NMN or NMH, it literally could be harmful to you if you have high oxidative stress, because it increases mitochondrial biogenesis, increases more free radical, more oxidative stress. So the last thing you want to do is if you have high oxidative stress, you should take NMN. Same type of thing, if you have high cellular senescence, you don't mm. want to be taking that uh, NMN, right? So my point is, we look at your cellular senescence, we look at your cellular health, we look at your mitochondrial health, we look at your immune health, we look at your stress response health, we look at your biological age. So one thing we didn't talk about is like, you know, we literally compute how are you biologically, what is your age? And we published the paper in Cell, that is the state of the art paper that actually shows you what is your age biologically. Now, I am very fortunate personally that I am 61 years old. I'm biologically 49. I mean, like, you know, I feel pretty proud of the fact that, you know. That's uh, awesome. Right? Uh, but here's the best part. It all happened for simple changes. The things that I thought I was eating healthy was were the were things that were causing me to not lose weight. So I lost 20 pounds get more energy, simply cutting down the things that I thought was healthy for me. Brussels sprout, cabbage, broccoli. I mean, these were the things I thought were really healthy for me. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrating, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic. And then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation 
inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. You brought up some some really important stuff there, especially with with NAD and how popular that's become. I mean, like you said, we do know that taking NAD also ramps up the activity of senescent yeah. cells. And yeah. if you're not strategically fasting or taking yeah. quercetin or resveratrol or certain polyphenols, like that can that can be a problem. And that's why you know they kind of just throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Approach you yeah. either end up having some things work, but you have no idea what it was uh, because the test wasn't designed you know, to isolate variables and, or, um, you know, you could end up creating some serious problems for yourself. So I do like or that. Or, or worse yet, even if it yeah. works for you right now, doesn't mean a year from now is still going to be good for you. So some, mm. the body is constantly changing and adapting. So things that work for your spouse may not work for you. And even if it works for you today, doesn't mean it's going to work for you a year from now. Right. Right. And so it's, it's also, fascinating to think about biological age, right? And there's certain yeah. people that look at telomeres and, and, you know, how, you know, whether the telomeres are, are shorter or yeah. longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other people are looking at mm -hmm. like, you know, they'll use like the Horvath clock and, yeah. and methylation Absolutely. pathways. What do you guys Absolutely. use? We use everything. So literally we look at every single transcript in the gut to see what is going on there. And then we look at every transcript in the blood of what is going on there, right? So literally, what's the gene expression? Gene expression is really after the genes are methylated or they're acetylated, what is the genes that are being expressed? So to some extent, what methylation does is it down-regulates the expression of the gene, right? So by looking at the gene expression, we know what genes are being down-regulated by definition, mm -hmm. right? And we know what genes are being over-regulated. That means they are being over-expressed because the, the histone or acetylation of those genes, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're looking at all of those. We're looking at all the cytokines. So we're seeing literally when your cytokines, pro-inflammatory stuff is up, we know that can't really be good for you, right? Mm -hmm. When your thing is too, your immune system is too, activation is too down, we know your immune system is actually not prime. So you want somewhere in the middle where it's not too high, you don't want to be too low. You want to be right primed here. And what we found, one of the biggest thing we found was on aging, since you brought it up, is CD8 T cells exhaustion. I mean, that was the number one thing we found in terms of biological age was the CD8 T cells were getting exhausted. And here is my hypothesis of what is happening there is. Yeah, I'm interested. That, uh, is as we get older, we start to have, you know, uh, oral issues, so gum inflammation, and the, all the oral microbes are now going into the blood because of the leaky gums, right? Same thing, when we are have the gut permeability, when the gut lining is not tight, the microbes from the gut are now going into the blood. So your, body, your immune system is constantly now dealing with the chronic inflammation that's coming from chronic infection. And the CDA T cells become less and less specific and less and less prolific. And that's literally what happens. See, now these microbes end up going to all the different organs 
And that's literally where the aging starts to happen because now microbes are in your lung and the liver and your heart. And what we're finding now, by the way, this really interesting research that came out about two or three months ago, they looked at 17 different types of tumors. And every single tumor, they found the unique set of microbes in that tumor. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. The microbes, what happens is when they are in the body, they find symbiotic relationship with the local tissues. And since these are commensal bacteria, they act as self to the immune system. So immune system doesn't kill the tumor thinking we are self. And then it, the, basically the tumor is feeding the bacteria and bacteria is protecting the tumor. Mm -hmm. So they form mm -hmm. a symbiotic relationship. And in this case, in pancreatic cancer case, this doc, researcher at uh, NYU put antibiotics directly into the pancreas and it killed the bacteria in the tumor and the immune system killed the cancer. Think about that. And that happened, by the way, before my dad died. I had the research in my hand. I went to the doctor and said, we will sign the release. All we want you to do is just put the antibiotics directly into his pancreas. They said, that's not a protocol. We won't do it. I said, look, we are authorizing you to do that. We will not sue you. We will give you all the release. Here is the research. Look at the damn thing. Why? What is the harm? He's going to die. And they just said, we won't do it. How frustrating. How I'm frustrating. sorry, man. That's, that's rough. That's rough, right? And, and that to me is really where the system goes so wrong that mm -hmm. they would not, I mean, what was the downside for them? It, you know, it, it is showing clearly what is causing it, but because they did not study that in the medical school, it's not a protocol, they won't do it, right? Yeah. And what's really interesting is a doctor, today you go and ask a doctor, um, how much did you learn about nutrition on your medical college? The answer is none. They don't teach nutrition in medical college. They teach you for every ill, there is a pill. You become literally a salesperson for a pharmaceutical company. That's all you do. You give me the symptoms, I'll give you the pill, right? I mean, that's, I mean, think about it for a second. They are salespeople for pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. And every doctor takes a Hippocratic oath. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. Hippocratic oath is what? Do no harm. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, what they forget is what Hippocrates actually said. You know what he said? He said, all diseases begin in the gut. That is Hippocrates, 2,500 mm -hmm. years ago. And mm -hmm. second statement he made was, let food be thy medicine, mm -hmm. right? What happened to Hippocrates? If you really believe in that, why don't you give people the food as a medicine? Yeah, right. right? No, it's a great point. And, and I want to, you know, I, maybe one max two questions before yeah, we bring yeah. it home, but you're, you're opening up some interesting cans of worms. Um, so many people do, as you mentioned, have bacterial overgrowths, small intestinal bacterial yeah. overgrowth, you know, just yeah. inflammatory bacteria in their gut. And I think just about everyone listening can probably relate to at some point in time, <laughs> taking a probiotic and, noti and, and noticing nothing. You know? Actually, no, no, it makes it worse. And, and it can make it worse. Yeah, it can even yeah. make it worse. So In fact, taking a prebiotic fiber also, it makes it worse because when you take fiber, you're feeding those bacteria. Right, right. And, and so are you of the belief that if in those situations, sometimes much like you need to weed a garden before planting mm -hmm. more flowers, that mm -hmm. there is, there is uh, it, it, it's worth using 
natural antimicrobials or antibiotics, or in some cases, even real antibiotics to kind of make room and then uh, repopulate. Yeah. So in general, I am not a big fan of antibiotics because that's like throwing a nuclear bomb inside your body. It kills the good guys and the bad guys. It's pretty much the opposite of your business. Yeah. (laughs) My point is just literally just kills everything. So you need to be a little bit more strategic about it to find what are the types of these organisms that are really are in the small intestine. And can you come up with the right set of antimicrobials? So you don't need to really, really throw a nuke, nuke there, but at least reduce them by just slight antimicrobial stuff that most of the time would never end up in the colon, right? Mm-hmm. So in a, a small dosage is where you essentially are being absorbed in the, in the small intestine, but not really impacting the large intestine as much, right? And mm-hmm. that's literally what we do. We, know, we obviously have to avoid, other good thing to do is to by the way, avoid certain foods because mm-hmm. what happens if you don't feed these bastards, well, they're gonna die anyway. Mm-hmm. So is that a part of the feedback you're getting? You're looking at some of the inflammatory bacteria that are present. You've identified what their food is, and then you're telling the person to withhold that food to starve out the problem-causing bacteria. That's right. So, I mean, it's really simple. Like, a lot of the times it's really interesting is there's another just research, I like just reading research, right, was on addiction. This one particularly happens to be on alcohol addiction. And these, they took 18 people and they just could not, these people were so addicted, they could not, the craving for alcohol was so high that they could not live without alcohol. All they did was they did a fecal transplant on these people and the craving for alcohol went away. So now think about for a second what just happened here. The microbes in your gut were making you crave things. They were controlling our brain mm-hmm. for heaven's sake, right? Yeah. It's wild. I've experienced that myself back in like 2012 or 2013. I just started getting into fat longer fasts. And I remember 13, 14, 15 hours, I was having a little bit of difficulty and I tested positive on a SIBO breath test for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I did a protocol for that. And that same day I fasted until dinner time effortlessly where every single fast before then had been a struggle. And I've had these cravings that I was fighting. And then as soon as I addressed the underlying overgrowth, no problem. Um, Naveen, anything else that you want to share? I mean, I'm I'm also, there's, there's so many questions. I I want to be respectful of your time. I mean, I'm also interested if you're, if you're looking at the water people are drinking, given like the role of fluoride and chlorine and some of these chemicals and affecting the gut microbiome, you mentioned radiation as an energy source. We know that's like, you know, radiation can, can both be an energy source and it can increase the amount of biotoxins produced by molds and, and bacteria. You know, what are some of the other glyphosate? What are some of the things that you're looking at or excited about or you know what does the future hold for for viome and what do you want to oh bring to humanity well, oh my lord and then there's so many things you threw in there i mean obviously the mold in the house i mean that mm-hmm. is a one big problem a lot of the things we are seeing is people are having ms people ms like symptoms a lot of the symptoms are coming from people having mold so we're thinking about not just the human health can we bring this to the home health because to me they are all connected together and we are really at this point our goal is to understand the human biology as a whole system so looking at the gut looking at the blood looking at the saliva what else can we possibly understand about the you know whole gut brain connection so that's how we looked at the the depression and anxiety because our gut and brain are connected through the you know vagus nerve 
and this whole CNS system. You know, why do people even have the Parkinson's for that matter or Alzheimer's? Is that I think they are both infectious diseases actually. I agree. Is that these organisms in, in actually uh, does infection of the blood brain barrier, makes it permeable, and these organisms go into the brain, and our glial cells are releasing the amyloid beta to protect themselves. And they're literally, the, and when you get overwhelmed, they actually start to get tangled up and you start to kill. The, it becomes a neurodegenerative diseases. But if you look at the pathogenically, these, if you do the Alzheimer's patients' uh, uh, brain after they died, they look at the tremendous amount of pathogens in the brain, right? So in the Alzheimer's tissues, there's a lot of pathogens you find. And that's really is what's happening, right? So to me, what's happening is a cancer is becoming like an infectious disease. Uh, you know, so is Parkinson's and Alzheimer. That means there is a hope we can develop a vaccine one day for all you know different types of cancer. Today we have vaccine for HPV, right? Can we develop a vaccine for colorectal cancer, for in lung cancer, brain cancer, Alzheimer? Uh, you know, if these are infectious diseases, we can develop a vaccine for it. So I really believe the future of our humanity is going to be able to prevent these diseases from happening. And even if you do get them, you can reverse them by actually changing your not only the organisms, they're you know taking supplements, diet, and also uh, through vaccines. Yeah, fascinating. Um, last one before you share where people can stay up to date on your work, and of course, uh, you know, going to Viome.com if they feel inspired to pick up the the health intelligence test. Um, if your father had yeah. Parkinson's, what would you do? Honestly, at this point, the best thing I would do would be honestly do the test, gut test, start following the diet and start doing, and I'm not going to give you false hope that, hey, and he's going to wake up tomorrow morning, wouldn't have Parkinson's. But all I can tell you is his symptoms may get better, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, there is not much one can do uh, at this point. There is a drug called L-DOPA, Lab-DOPA. Mm -hmm. We're taking uh, that. And the problem with the drug is in some people it has no effect. And the reason is because lab dopa gets eaten by the gut microbes. So in fact, if you just Google L-DOPA and microbiome, you will find that certain people have the microbes that eat the drug. They produce a lot of tyrosine and tyrosine eats the L-DOPA drug, lab dopa drug. And in fact, it has no effect on people. So you're taking a drug, your microbes are eating them. They basically detoxify. Uh, they, uh, right? So the point really is to be able to understand what is going on. And hopefully that might help because maybe the drug that is not as effective could become more effective, right? Um, and so to me, if I were you as much love as you can give him, you know, just spend time with him, make sure he feels the love. I have the battle really is that him feeling that you care. So your body starts to heal. So a lot of the thing will be take care of, give, take care of the, you know, give him the health intelligence test, give him the right diet, give him the right supplement and give him a lot of love and make sure that he's not stressed, do some meditation, you know, and, that's really all one can do. I mean, at this point of time, it's not, there's not a whole lot we know anymore. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And um, Naveen, th this has been a pleasure. I I'm really excited about the work you're doing and what the future holds for you and, and the Viome company. Um, anything else that you feel called to share with our listeners no. today? No. no, brother. Just thank you very much for what thank you, you. do. And, and Anthony, I mean, my hats off to you for you know you taking time to educate the people you know who give give us their time. 
So thank you for service to the humanity that you do and taking, giving the best information you can find to all your audience. So my hat's off to you. Right back at you. Thank you very much, guys. Head over to Viome.com to pick up the health intelligence test. Get a look at what is going on and what's being expressed inside your body. Naveen Jane, thank you so much. We'll be Thank you, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.